on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and my guest today is Emmy-winning editor Nina Erb. Welcome to the show, Nina. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's good to he- it's good to have you here. You have a very interesting background. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit? You, your father wanted you to be something, and your mother wanted you to be something else, <laughs> and then you ended up doing what you're doing. And, and you took a, a circuitous route to get there. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that route and what your parents wanted you to do? Sure. Um, well, growing up in a, an Asian immigrant family, naturally my, my dad wanted me to go into something a little more secure like medicine or law. Um, And my mother uh, loved music. And so she always pushed me to be a musician. And so she wanted me to be a pianist with the LA Phil. And and I just had a whole different idea. I wanted to go into art, but not necessarily music. Um, And uh, I went to art school, came out with an art degree in printmaking and ceramics and um, couldn't really find um, employment. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's hard to do as an artist. Yes. Yeah. And so um, a friend of mine decided to, uh, you know, she was working in the entertainment industry on a a children's television show. And she said, hey, you know, they need a new uh, prop maker in in our show. So why don't you come work with us? You know how to paint. You know how to build stuff with your hands. I was like, okay, great. So I did that for a while. And I realized that this wasn't really, um, while it was creative, it wasn't really creating what I wanted to do. Right. So I felt like I was executing other people's visions and, and, uh, doing the kind of crafts and arts that they wanted to do and so and it was so much so much about set building and prop building is, is similar to architecture and not necessarily the kind of art that I studied and uh, so I started to kind of jump around in production to see if I can find like the right fit so I worked in different capacities and somehow ended up um, working as a script supervisor and after a while of doing that you know of course people naturally would ask hey do you want to direct because that's like the natural you know that's next step for you uh, as a script supervisor. I was like, well, I don't really want to direct. And then it's like, what's the other alternative? It's to edit. And at the time, I didn't know exactly what editing was other than that you sit in a dark room by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that was my very rudimentary understanding of it at the time. I was like, mm, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'm comfortable with myself, but I don't know if I want to do that all day long, every day. And so I just kept searching and searching and eventually uh, was promoted to associate producer. And that's actually when I really learned what editing was all about. And it was it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was incredible to see this editor put stories together and to, to make something that sounds so mundane, interesting. And I was just floored, like my whole entire world opened up and I was hooked. And I was like, okay, this is this is it. This is where the stories come together. This is where I can shape the characters. And I mean, it was I was so I, I was like addicted. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So I basically, um, yeah, I took some classes to learn the software. And the editor I was working with was so incredible generous. He hired me as his assistant and basically gave my start uh, in my career. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so I started in post or after that, after giving up associate producing, I was working in post and um, eventually worked my way up into the editor's chair. And 
after crossing different genres uh, from documentaries, nonfiction, to now I'm doing narrative um, comedies, dramas, and musicals. Um, I'm I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Did you? Did, so are you? Are, are you? in a darkened room all the time by yourself uh, as you're editing or is there a little bit more involved than that? Oh, no, no. It's, it's definitely a lot more involved than that. I was like, that was like a very, you know, uh, yeah, that was a very naive understanding of what the craft was. <laughs> but I think everybody has that feeling about editing, you know, that, oh, yeah, you're sitting in the dark room all day long looking at all these, you know, clips of uh, film and, you know, what could that be like after a period of time? Do you go crazy? But yeah, I think that's what most people <laughs> people's vision is of it out in the real world. But the wonderful thing, I mean, edit, the editing is really where um, a TV show or a film or whatever it is you're working on is really made or not. I mean, you have so much control over the uh, the um, the way that the movie or film is going to go to. Yeah. The direction. Yeah. Exactly. They say that um, each... Uh TV show or film is made three times or written three times. First is the script. Second time is them during production when the director is shooting it. And a third time is in the edit. And, you know, sometimes a take that is fantastic on set may not play as well when you've cut it up and buttered up against other pieces that it needs to go next to. So, so yeah, things do change quite a bit in the edit, uh, editing process. And, um, and it's not as solitary as I uh, originally thought. There's you definitely have a lot of collaborators with other producers and, and directors, and I work very closely with my assistant editor. Um, and so, yeah, it's actually it's it's a great great career. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm glad you found it, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. somebody made that suggestion to you to begin with. So, what what do you like? What's your process like? I've 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 interviewed a number of different editors on the show, and everybody's process is slightly different. And you do you work mostly in television, or do you also work in film? Uh, most primarily in television. I have done some features, um, but lately it's been mostly television. And you just finished working on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, starring Rachel Bloom. So you want to talk a little bit about what your process is like uh, editing that particular show? Sure, sure. Um, my process, actually, regardless of the show, is pretty similar, where I'll read the script several times, and uh, when I start watching the dailies... I usually watch everything from before they call action to after they call cut. And I do that because there's sometimes the actors will be looking around, they'll be listening for direction. And those are kind of looks that I might need at some point. Um, And, and so I think early on, I realized that everything that's captured on film can be used. And so I, I make it a point to watch everything, which is, very, very labor intensive. Mm-hmm. I would imagine <laughs> um, it would be, yes. Yeah. But the great thing about watching all the dailies is that you're kind of starting to cut it all in your head as you're watching it. So when you're done, it just goes so much faster. You're able to put the scenes together. And I and I also like to kind of experiment with how I get into a scene so that I, I'll usually have several different versions of, you know, the opening of a scene just to see like what's the most fascinating and and dynamic way to get into to something. Um, And my approach with uh, crazy X is that uh, the show is kind of a blend of comedy, drama and musical. And 
with the comedy musical, it's easy to get slapsticky, and so I try to stay very grounded in my in my choices. Um, and um, and oftentimes, you know, there's there's phenomenal choreography. Um, our choreographer Cat Burns is amazing, and she comes up with just the most beautiful choreography for all these music videos. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we will have to sacrifice a move, you know, a great like step or something, because it it may not be on the joke. I don't know if that makes sense. Because mm. um, so much of Rachel's um, musicals are kind of her fantasies in the show. And so we have to establish that we're now entering into a musical fantasy space. And then we have to make sure that all the little jokes and the lyrics land. And so that's it's a slightly different approach than just cutting a music video or a, a dance number purely just to that would be, you know, only to showcase the choreography. So they're you know, kind of serving two gods, you know, the comedy god and the choreography <laughs> god. <laughs> well, it, it, again, it um, sounds very creative. The process is very creative, and it, and do you, when you're when you're working on this, do you ever just go to when they're filming and sit on the set and watch them film, or you just wait until you get the dailies and and work from there? Um, it depends. On the first day of shooting, when I don't have any dailies, I'll I'll try and you know pop my head in and visit and introduce myself to the director if I haven't worked with him or her before. Um, but usually I like to just wait for the dailies so that I'm the fresh eye um, for the material. And I'm not aware of how, how long it took him to light that shot or how difficult it was to get that other shot, you know, so because that can sometimes cloud your judgment. Uh, I yes, I, I would think it would cloud your judgment yeah. if you were a part so of I that. Like to yes. just, yeah, exactly. So I like to just be as objective as possible, um, which is kind of funny because so much of editing is subjective and objective, which is, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a funny little thing. They have to be both. <laughs> I imagine that would be difficult to do. Do you, um, how closely do you work with the director? And, and with a series, you have different directors, don't you usually? Or, 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 or does this particular series have the same director? Um, this one has different directors. I've done other series where it's one director, um, but, uh, Crazy X has a, a rotating, um, group of directors that come through and um and i i uh, you know i work closely with them um typically during after they've done uh they're wrapped i'm <laughs> not even speaking correctly um after they've finished uh shooting and if it's a director i've worked with before and you know we have each other's contact information sometimes they'll call me and say hey i don't know if i got everything i need can you just throw that thing together really quickly and see if we're missing anything um and and I'll usually be happy to do that for them. Do you develop a shorthand with the different directors that you work with? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I actually just finished a pilot for ABC that um, with a director that I met on Crazy X, and it was really nice to be able to do that because I, you know, I'm aware of how she shoots, and I I can kind of like have her in my head when I'm approaching the dailies. Do you ever have a director that you found difficult to work with? <laughs> no, no names. We're not asking for yeah. names. <laughs> we just want. To... <laughs> and I think you know, as with anything, there's always challenges. But I see it as like a like a hurdle that if I can jump across it, then I, I'm, that just means I'm that much stronger. I guess you know. I, I don't really. 
I like working with people. And, and I know that, you know, in this business, there's a lot of different personalities, but I also find that to be interesting. Mm. But I, I find people interesting. So. Yeah, well, good. So you can be a chameleon. When you're working yeah. with different directors and and, uh, and 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 work the way they like to work, I guess so. So, um, when you, did you have somebody who you admire, an editor that you look up to, that you admire, that you uh, try to emulate their style? Um, I wouldn't say that there's one particular editor. Uh, I think the one that I hold in the highest regard would be Ann Coates. Um, mm-hmm. And it's yes. mostly because yes. she is able to just reinvent. She comes up with the most brilliant styles. And I mean, from Lawrence Arabia to like out of sight, it's such a long, uh, her career just spans such a long time. Amazing. And she never, it never got stale. You know, right. her editing, it just she kept reinventing it and coming up with new ways to, to tell a story. And, and so I, I try to kind of force myself to be able to step aside and come back to a scene that I'm working with and say, okay, if I had to do it from the other person's point of view, how would I cut it? Um, And it's mostly just to keep my mind from being too attached to one particular thing. Because I think... Um, I think that's how she approaches it. I don't really know. I never got a chance to meet her. <laughs> I know. She's absolutely amazing and she was a trailblazer in the industry too. Um what you know, what did you face as a woman in this industry because you know, editing again, you know, so much in I'm sorry to say in this industry is still male dominated and um and and more women are, you know, moving into different positions as we grow with as an industry. Uh, but what did you face as a female editor? Mm. Um, it was, you know, earlier on in my career, it was a little lonely because on a TV show, you'll have two to three editors and they'll, and I'm usually like the only female on the post-production team. And, um, and I think, and I don't, I don't think that anyone's purposely trying to keep us out. I just think that, you know, and again, I have to verify the stats, but I, I feel like the number of women, the percentage of women in the guild is like minuscule compared to the you know the percentage of guys in the guild so naturally there's not going to be projects where it's like all women um because there's just not enough of us to go around um but lately i've been finding shows that have been more and more um, friendly towards hiring women and the practices that they really make it a point to seek out women and people of color and um and i don't know that that was a a big effort before Mm -hmm. i think if they came across someone who was a woman and they qualified great but they weren't actively trying to look for that um and so yeah it was it, it you know it was always challenging because if you're not as experienced as a guy who has been cutting for 10 years more than you and he's got better credits you're not going to necessarily get that job um but now i think hopefully people are giving everybody a a break kind of you know to mm-hmm. at least meet with them and see if if their filmmaking philosophies match and if they're, you know, if they would be up to the task. Um, and uh, I, I think it's a really exciting time right now for women. Um, and I hope it continues right now. I'm on a project um, with the name I can't discuss, but, uh, but there's two 
two female auditors and one guy. Wow. That's great. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I think, you know, things are opening up and I think people are more aware. And I I think you're absolutely 100% right that more opportunities are are there because of what's going on in the industry. And I think it was just more about an awareness of how we need to be more diverse in, in this industry. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies. And my guest today is Emmy winning editor, Nina Erb. And we're talking about uh, editing Crazy uh, Ex-Girlfriend, uh, HBO's Peabody winning series. Uh, also, uh, she's done she's done quite a few different things. So you've worked on some features. You've worked on some documentaries in addition to working on television. Are you mostly on te- doing television? Yes. Yes, I'm mostly in television, but I have done the other stuff, yeah. So and, um, do you have a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was- I'm sorry, what was that? I was like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's actually on CW. Oh, CW, I'm sorry. You know yeah, what? Yeah, Insecure. Insecure. I was reading yeah. Insecure, sorry. <laughs> HBO's Peabody winning series, Insecure. Yeah. <laughs> and you're working on the final season of the criti- critically acclaimed series, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So do you, uh, having worked on some documentaries and some features, and in, and it seems like your career is mostly in, in television right now, do you have a preference and how different mm. are they? That's funny. I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. Um, they're they're very different. Um, and and I think um, honestly, my preference is to work with great stories and you know, filmmakers that I respect. Um, but as far as like, yeah, the the format of documentaries to feature is completely different. Um, in documentaries, you're often the writer and the editor because um, you're kind of finding the story along with you know the director and the writer and uh, in all the material that they've shot hundreds and hundreds and you know sometimes thousands of hours for this documentary for a feature um, it's there's a script it's been you know developed heavily and they shot it and um, and so you're not necessarily finding the story you're just kind of you're trying to service the story the best way possible um and if there are any issues, you try to solve the, the problems at the, the holes in the stories, if there are any. And and I think, you know, with, with features, you have a little more time to develop characters. So it's so oftentimes I feel like you can have a character with different, you know, dimensions and different levels and different layers rather than like in a half hour TV show. Sometimes you're not going to be able to show all the different sides of one character because there's all these other characters you have to service at the same time and, and you have a finite amount of time. So so you have to kind of distill one character down to a simple, easy to understand, um, you know, personality, I guess. Uh, whereas like on a feature, you have an hour and a half, perhaps two, sometimes more <laughs> hours, and you can really kind of slowly discover who the character is and all the different levels of that character um and music is always used differently from one format to another um and um and i feel like now with television so much of television it's such an exciting time there's there's some great tv that's being made and a lot of it i feel like could be features i mean if you've seen the crown or um, umbrella academy and the production value is amazing Mm -hmm. yes they are yeah, and they take their time too because yeah, they're they're not in a hurry. I think I think this new wave of um storytelling, I guess, um with all the streaming services where they will kind of slow down the pace a little bit is is great. 
It is. It is. It's definitely a boom right now in the industry with all the different. Well, now we have more streaming services um, coming into play every day. Uh, this year we have a, a number of new ones coming into play. Uh, Disney being one of them and uh, Warner Media also launching another streaming service. So there's going to be more room out there and they need more content uh, as they go forward. My, you mentioned music and I was going to ask you how, um, how do you utilize music when you're editing? Uh, what's your process as far as because, as you said, with uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, there's lots of musical scenes. So how does that, how, how, what's your process in working with the musicians and the music? Um, let's see. We usually work with um, composers and music supervisors. Um, the music on, just to compare two different shows here, well, let's compare Insecure and, and uh, Crazy Ex. The music on Crazy Ex, other than the musical numbers, is um, kind of your traditional comedic score and you would use it to punctuate a joke and perhaps transition you to the next scene. Um, And for something like Insecure, they're using um, songs like needle drop songs from, you know, artists that our music supervisor discovers. And um, and it's not always used to bridge two scenes. It's sometimes used to kind of almost act like a Greek chorus to Mm, the scene. Okay. Um, Yeah. So it's it's just a very, very different way of using music. Um, And I use a lot more songs on Insecure than I would on um, um, another comedy because most comedies are just, you know, you're using a little score which you know because like the the comedy is in it's on the screen i get right and so the music is just kind of supposed to just be the supporting cast to get you from one point to another whereas like i feel like the music on insecure is very much a a character as well it's also a supporting character so so it's never going to take away from what's on screen and what's been written and acted but um but it definitely plays a much uh bigger role on that series than on something like crazy x and how long is your uh you know doing a half hour show editing a half hour show how long does it take you to edit a half hour show um i usually start the day after the first day of shooting so the dailies will come in in the morning Uh, my assistant will prep it and i start cutting it and i try to stay up to camera so that and typically with a half hour they give you one to two days after the last day of shooting to kind of um, do your editor's cut. So basically, because I've been cutting all along and following along with them, um, I'm able to use that last day to kind of give it a polish pass and do any music um, I need to do and any sound design that needs to be cleaned up. And and so it's a pretty fast and furious. Crazy X, however, is a one hour <laughs> mm. with, with at least two musical numbers, if not. I think the most I've ever had was five. Wow. In wow. an episode. That's a lot. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they give you three days after the last day of dailies, um, and you just you have to move. You got to move fast. <laughs> That's amazing. So it is fast and furious. Uh, you yeah. know, television is fast and furious. But I was wondering, with you know, when you're working on you know HBO, uh, you know, is it, if if the process is a little slower. But I guess not. It's just as fast as 
at working on a you know an ABC TV production, let's say. Yeah, I think it just depends. Um, on yeah, my first season on Insecure, we were on a pretty normal schedule for for all half hours. Um, you know, we didn't have an air date, so there was time after I turned in my editor's cut to you know maybe spend a little longer during the producer's cut, or there's time to wait for VFX to come in. Um, and that sort of thing. Uh, whereas something like for a network, if once you're on the air, like there's a there's a hard deadline, like you got to make that happen. <laughs> well, Nina, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much. My guest today has been Nina Erb, who's an Emmy winning editor. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Go to the Jam Price Show on Facebook to learn more about upcoming shows. And while you're there, please like my page and please write some comments. While you're there, also to listen to the Price Movie Minute movie reviews and to listen to archive shows that you may have missed, go to thejampriceshow.com and also to listen to the podcast from past shows, go to the iHeart Podcast channel. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. The Yozio Theater in downtown Monterey is now open every day, showing independent and foreign films. The Yozio Theater has new concession offerings, including beer, wine, hard cider, and their homemade Lush Slush. You can now schedule private event screenings for community charity events, birthdays, anniversaries, or just a fun gathering of friends. For more information, visit the Ozio Theater online at oziotheater.com.